0: Who are you? What is your identity? What is your history? Those closest to you likely know who you are. Those closest to you likely know your identity and your history identity being that which you claim or others say you are, and history being an established record. Both are useful to define someone, but not just for identifying someone, but, by, but it helps you to understand who they are. Are they trustworthy? Are they consistent are they steadfast? This is the concept that we're going to be digging into today. But the real question for today is, who is God? Good morning, TGP. I'm glad you are able to join us today. If you've been keeping or engaging with our church through the summer, you know that we've been digging into the Psalms. The Psalms is a unique book of the Bible, and if you've spent time digging in, you know that the Psalms can be of great comfort during difficult times. The Psalms has a way of putting into words our thoughts, feelings, and emotions. The Psalms has a way of voicing those things that we have trouble voicing. While many of the books in the Bible are theological or historical or narrative, the Psalms is a collection of songs and praises to God. And the writers of the Psalms were raw, real, and honest. I found them to be very encouraging at various points in my life. It seems like an appropriate book to be going through over this last year and a half. As we look at what's going on in the world around us, the Psalms is a definitely an appropriate book to be digging into. We know that there's a few different authors in the Psalms, but a vast majority of the Psalms were written by David. David in scripture is called a man after God's own heart. We see that in 1 Samuel 13:14, Acts 13:22. Imagine being known by that. Not just other people saying it, but God saying that about you. As you work your way through the Psalms, you'll often find yourself on what I would call a turbulent journey. The writers are writing in the midst of what's going on in their lives, which can be peace or war, trials or temptations. And they share those with us. We see the ups and the downs. We see the fears the worries, the anxieties, but we also see the peace and the confidence and the trust that they had in God. We see God's continual faithfulness through the life of David as we see David go through these ups and downs and pursue God and walk away from God and this whole cycle, we see David step forward in faith and we see God move. I don't know about you, but I like to see God move. I know that for everyone in this room, this last year has been different. I guess it's a year and a half, going on longer. It's been different, right? For some, it hasn't been too bad. For the introverts in the room, you're like, any reason to stay home? This is great. Extroverts, you're like, get me out, right? For some, this last year has been hard, and for some, it's been devastating. But in the midst of the craziness, the changes, and the volatility of the world around us, one thing will always remain true, and that is this, God is good, and his steadfast love endures forever. Amen? Let's say that together today. God is good, and his steadfast love endures forever. Amen. Today we're going to be in Psalms 136. If you want to open up your Bibles, your phones, TGP app, you can follow along. We're going to read through the chapter. It's a bit of a long chapter, but it's all right. We're going to read through it all together first, and then we're going to kind of break it down into some subsections, and then we're going to look at those uh, as we go through, we're going to dig into this psalm today. All right, Psalm 36, starting at verse one. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods, for his steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords, for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who alone does great wonders, for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who by understanding made the heavens, for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who spread out the earth above the waters, for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who made the great lights, for his steadfast love endures forever. The sun to rule over the day for his steadfast love endures forever. The moon and stars to rule over the night, for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who struck down the firstborn of Egypt, for his steadfast love endures forever. And brought Israel out from among them, for his steadfast love endures forever. With a strong hand and an outstretched arm, for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who divided the Red Sea in two, For his steadfast love endures forever. And made Israel pass through the midst of it. For his steadfast love endures forever. But overthrew Pharaoh and his hosts in the Red Sea. For his steadfast love endures forever. To him who led his people through the wilderness. For his steadfast love endures forever. To him who struck down great kings. For his steadfast love endures forever. And killed mighty kings. For his steadfast love endures forever. Sihon king of the Amorites. For his steadfast love endures forever. And Og king of Bashan. For his steadfast love endures forever. And gave their land as a heritage. For his steadfast love endures forever. A heritage to Israel his servant. For his steadfast love endures forever. It is he who remembered us in our lowest state. For his steadfast love endures forever. And rescued us from our foes, for his steadfast love endures forever. He who gives food to all flesh, for his steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of heaven, for his steadfast love endures forever. Let's pray. God, we give thanks to you, for you are good, and your steadfast love endures forever. We thank you that we can run to you despite what is going on around us, despite the volatility of the world around us. We are thankful that you are steadfast, that your love is steadfast, that your grace is steadfast, that your forgiveness is steadfast, that we know who you are. God, we thank you for that. We thank you for this psalm that it reminds us continuously that, you're, you're, that you are good and your steadfast love endures forever. Amen. All right, steadfast. What does that mean? Merriam-Webster dictionary defines steadfast as firmly fixed in place or not subject to change. I won't ask for hands, but has anyone in this room ever had a bad boss? I'm telling by the snickers, I know that some of you have. One of the jobs I worked at for worked at for a couple years, I had a boss whose character, demeanor, attitude, his ho- Everything that he was, was volatile. We didn't know what he would be like each and every day. It seemed to change hour by hour, minute by minute. My shift would usually start before the boss came in, and we found out over time that we were on edge waiting for the boss to show up because we didn't know what he would be like that day. Would he be in a great mood? Would he be in a horrible mood? Would he flip out on everyone? We didn't know and we never knew. It doesn't make for a pleasant work environment. We enjoyed the job. Everyone that I worked with, we loved the job. We enjoyed the job. No matter what went wrong during the day, didn't matter. It It was a great job, especially when the boss didn't show up. But when the boss showed up, it really threw the day into a whack. And it was a relief to step out of that job. I know that there's many in this room who've had a similar experience with a boss or a coworker or a friend or a family member or a spouse or a parent. And it's hard. I'm thankful it's just the boss because I could go home from work and not deal with him. But I know some people will go home and that's what they live with. Thankfully, that is not how God works. And that is not the character of God. The character of God is steadfast. The love of God is steadfast. The justice of the Lord is steadfast. God's grace is steadfast. He isn't changing he is steadfast. He is the first and the last. He is the beginning and the end. He is the alpha and the omega. He is steadfast, and we can rely on that fact. When studying the Bible, I find it wise to look at other translations. So for Psalms 136, this repeated phrase, that for a steadfast love endures forever, I want to look at some other translations to see how they word it. NLT says, his faithful love endures forever. NIV says, his love endures forever. NESV says, for his loving kindness is everlasting. And KJV says, for his mercy endureth forever. So the theme that's repeated through this chapter is obvious that it's God's love, God's character is steadfast, it's unchanging, it's firm, It is what it is. And I want to repeat this so many times today that you go through the rest of your day and your week repeating in your head, God is good for his steadfast love endures forever. I want that stuck in your head. Today, we're going to break down this chapter into three subsections. So verses one through nine, we're going to call identity Verses 10 through 25, we're going to call history. And verse 26, all by itself, wraps us up with another identity statement. So the focus of the message today is identity and history. It's about God. Who he is and what he has done. Psalms 136 starts off with three verses naming God. And then 4 through 9 are statements regarding creation with a focus on God's identity as creator. Verses 10 through 25, we see God's history, God's steadfast history in dealing with Israel. And then 26, again, wraps up the chapter with the identity statement. Verses 1 through 3 and 26 all explicitly say give thanks although you can kind of read that in through the rest of the chapter. And the original Hebrew word here gives this idea of giving thanks, of giving praise, of worship. The idea of giving God the thanks and praise due for who he is and what he has done. So as I thought about a simple sentence to kind of wrap up the whole chapter for us, I found that verse 1 does it just fine does it better than I could have done it. So verse one says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good for his steadfast love endures forever. God is good. God is steadfast. How should we respond to that? All right, so as you read through these next sections, we're gonna end up reading through the whole thing again, but we're gonna read through it in smaller chunks. I'm gonna have you focus on different things, okay? I'll let you know So for Psalms 136, one through three, I want you to listen to the identity statements here, okay? Kind of ignore the rest of it, but don't totally ignore the rest of it because it is scripture. But I want you to focus on who God is here, okay? Who is God? Verses one through three, give thanks to the Lord for he is good for his steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods for his steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of Lords, for his steadfast love endures forever. All right, so the identity statements that we see here we have the Lord, for he is good. We have the God of gods and the Lord of lords. So this is who he is. He is not a God of gods, he is not a Lord. He is the God of gods, and he is the Lord of lords. That is who he is. As we go through this, David's building, and it has to start with that. We have to know who we're starting with. We are starting with the God of gods. We are starting with the Lord of lords. We're starting with the king of kings. This is just. This is not a nobody that we're talking about. So again, repeating these first three verses are give thanks or praise God. This command or duty or privilege or honor that we have is to give praise, give thanks to God for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. All right, so this next section, verses four through nine, as you read through these, I want you to focus in on God's identity as creator. Imagine the power and glorious, glory and majesty of this creation. Imagine what God is doing here. Focus on God's identity as creator. Starting in verse four. To him who alone does great wonders, for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who by understanding made the heavens, for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who spread out the earth above the waters, For his steadfast love endures forever. To him who made the great lights, for his steadfast love endures forever. The sun to rule over the day, for his steadfast love endures forever. The moon and stars to rule over the night, for his steadfast love endures forever. So God is creator of all things. Specifically says, to him who alone does great wonders, to him who made the heavens, who spread out the earth above the waters, who made the great lights, the sun to rule over the day, and the moon and stars to rule over the night. Is there anyone else who can claim these same achievements? Is there anyone else that can claim any achievements anywhere near these achievements? David is building here. What is the point of worshiping a false God who can do things that anyone else can do when the God that we worship is the King of Kings? He is the Lord of Lords, He is the God of Gods, and He is the creator of all things. That is who we worship. Is there anyone that can compare? And it's on that, it's on that foundation, it's on that basis that David continues through the psalm. So this next grouping of verses, verses 10 through 25, is focused on God's history in dealing with mankind, most specifically in dealing with Israel. And here's a point that I wanna emphasize and I'll repeat it a few times as we go. It's important to study the Old Testament because by studying the Old Testament, we can know the identity, the character, and the history of God. And when you know somebody's identity, character, and history, you know whether you should trust them or you would know not to trust them. So as you read through verses 10 through 25, I want you to focus in on the story. Okay, I want you to focus in on the history of Israel. God's history in dealing with Israel. So there's a thread going through. It is a story. It's, it's their timeline, a broad timeline of what God did with Israel. So I want you to focus in on that story, what this would mean to the Israelites as they read through this chapter, as they are reminded of their history and of what God did in their lives. So 10 through 25. To him who struck down the firstborn of Egypt... For his steadfast love endures forever. And brought Israel out from among them. For his steadfast love endures forever. With a strong hand and an outstretched arm. For his steadfast love endures forever. To him who divided the Red Sea in two. For his steadfast love endures forever. And made Israel pass through the midst of it. For his steadfast love endures forever. But overthrew Pharaoh and his host in the Red Sea, for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who led his people through the wilderness, for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who struck down great kings, for his steadfast love endures forever. And killed mighty kings, for his steadfast love endures forever. Sihon, king of the Amorites, for his steadfast love endures forever. And Og, king of Bashan. For his steadfast love endures forever, and gave their land as a heritage, for his steadfast love endures forever. A heritage to Israel his servant, for his steadfast love endures forever. It is he who remembered us in our lowest state, for his steadfast love endures forever, and rescued us from our foes, for his steadfast love endures forever. He who gives food to all flesh, for his steadfast love endures forever." If you're familiar with Israel's history as talked about in this psalm, it helps put you closer to the situation and to what Israel would be feeling or thinking, the emotions that they would have as they would read or listen or hear through this chapter. This is their history. David is reminding them of what God did. And it's always on that remembrance of what God has done, of, what God, who God, of who God is, that we can step forward in faith and confidence knowing that God is good. David is reminding them of their time as slaves in Egypt. Of the plagues that God brought into Egypt in order to redeem his, his people, the Israelites, out from Egypt. He mentions the last Plague, and that's why I bring it up because it struck down the firstborn of Egypt. That was the final plague that allowed the Israelites to get out under slavery, from under slavery. How God brought Israel out from among them, and how God God brought Israelites to the Red Sea, and the Israelites then freaked out, even though God just did all these miracles, and the Israelites are looking at the Red Sea and going, "Well, now we're going to die here." But if you remember the story, God opened up the Red Sea, and how. God did that. That wasn't the Israelites. That wasn't something that randomly happened. God orchestrated that. God split the Red Sea. The Israelites walked through on dry land. When Pharaoh and his armies went in to come after the Israelites, God closed the Red Sea. This is God's history. And then God's faithfulness in leading the Israelites through the wilderness, despite their continual lack of faith and disobedience and sin, We see that cycle all through the Old Testament and in our own lives, God was faithful. And then after the 40-year period of wandering in the desert, we see God leading the Israelites into the promised land, overtaking these kings and nations, God conquering because God is good and he was faithful to Israel all through the journey. final verse, verse 26, wraps things up with an, with an identity statement. Give thanks to the God of heaven, for his steadfast love endures forever. So after having walked through all of those previous verses, we have God's identity, who God is, we have God's history, his steadfast history in dealing with Israel, we have God as creator, The final verse wraps things up well because after going through God's identity and God's history and who God is, what he has done, that brings you to an incredible place of worship. You're ready. And Israel would be going through this, remembering their history, and just brings you to a place of awe and of worship, remembering who God is, what he has done, and what he is going to do. Give thanks to the God of heaven for his steadfast love endures forever. We have this command, we have this privilege, we have this honor to give thanks to none other than the God of heaven. This is who we are dealing with. A huge emphasis throughout the Old and even in the New Testament is, New Testament is this idea of identity and history. And Rob talked about this a little bit last week too. Through the Old Testament, we see God's identity through accounts of his history. By studying the Old Testament, we can know the identity, character, and history of God. And when you know somebody's identity, character, and history, you know whether you should trust them or not trust them. You know who they are, and for the most part, you know how they're going to act. Coming into the New Testament without foundation, you already know the identity and character of Jesus, and as you work your way through the New Testament, through the gospel, you can deepen that understanding of who Jesus is, what he did when he was here, and what that means for you. When you go through the gospel, the four points we see on our wall over here, we have Jesus' miraculous birth, his sinless life, his saving death, and his victorious resurrection. You see, you experience, and you learn who Jesus was and who Jesus is. It is because of Jesus that we have forgiveness and salvation. It is because of Jesus that we have been Redeemed. It is because of Jesus that you can be redeemed if you're not redeemed today. And this is only possible because God is who he said he is. When we dig into the Pauline epistles and the pastoral epistles and the rest of the New Testament, it is read and studied in light of the character, identity, history of God the trinity throughout the rest of scripture. And listen closely because none of this matters. None of this matters if God isn't who he says he is. None of it matters unless God is who he says he is. And that's why we can look through the scriptures. That's why we can look through the Bible and we see God's history proving his identity. We already know who God is, but it's through accounts of his history that we can know who he is and how he acts and who he will be forever. I'm going to repeat what I said earlier. By studying the Old Testament, we can know the identity, character, and history of God. And when you know somebody's identity, character, and history, you can know whether you should trust them or not. So this is what David is focused on in this psalm. David isn't just saying, trust God because I say so. David isn't just saying trust God because this is who he says he is. David is saying trust God because this is who he is. This is what he has done. His character shows. The history shows. This is who God is. He is trustworthy. He is faithful. He is steadfast. He is good. He is just. He is. Therefore, trust him, worship him, obey him. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Praise be to God, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. For the third, maybe fourth time, I'm gonna repeat what I said earlier. By studying the Old Testament, we can know the identity, character, and history of God. And when you know somebody's identity, character, and history, you know whether you should trust them or not trust them. If you've met another human in your life, you know this is true. Maybe you've met someone who a friend or a family member has warned you about, and, and they've said, hey, this is who they claim to be, but this is what their history says. And we know from experience that history speaks volumes. And by ignoring history, we get in trouble. Obviously, something in somebody's past doesn't necessarily define who they are today, because there is redemption, there is forgiveness, there is sanctification. But somebody's past gives you a good idea of who they are and whether you should trust them or not. And this is why the Bible is important. And this is probably why this psalm is historical by nature because David shares God's identity and his history and it puts us in a place of remembrance and a place of awe and a place of thankfulness and a place of worship. God is trustworthy and his steadfast love endures forever. I'm gonna wrap this up with a quote by Matthew Henry. In his psalms commentary, he says this, the scope of the psalm is the same with that of the foregoing psalm, but there's something very singular in the composition of it. For the latter half of each verse is the same, repeated throughout the psalm, for his mercy endureth forever. And yet no vain repetition. It is allowed that such burdens or keepings, as we call them, add very much to the beauty of the song and help to make it moving and affecting, nor can any verse contain more weighty matter or more worthy to be thus repeated than this, that God's mercy endureth forever.